Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 593 with our review of The Way Back. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, um, this film, it's not coming to any theater near anyone. Um, because uh there are no theaters near you <laughs> yeah basically all um all theaters are closed right now because of a little thing known as covid19 um we have we're in the middle of a pandemic right now um to pull back a little bit of the curtain and the sausage making whatnot at the end of our emma review we said we were going into record the way back um and the intention at the time was uh we were going to see that movie. We had pushed it off to later that week. And then we were going to come back and uh, do that review, but release it in a cadence where it would feel like we recorded it at that time. Obviously, that didn't work out. Um, things sort of snowballed throughout the world. Um, San Francisco went on uh, not so lockdown lockdown. And we are now all working from home. Yeah, the podcast should be interesting um, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're still going to try to watch as many things as we can via the VOD services and whatnot as things come out. But we are sort of no longer a theater-going podcast. <laughs> we are just a whatever's available to us podcast. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so this will be an interesting time capsule. This is the one, the one final theater episode before the apocalypse happened. <laughs> what, what's interesting, though, is... I guess in practice, so for me, it has been a little while since I've seen this movie because I saw it like two weeks ago, I think, three weeks maybe. You you caught it a little bit later than I did. Yeah, I think you saw it the weekend. You, you saw it the weekend it came out and then I saw it the week of the weekend that got everything got shut down. <laughs> um, right. so, so yeah, you basically saw it on like, I think Sunday and then I caught it later in the week and then the whole city went on lockdown and things changed for us. <laughs> yep. So I think that means it has only been a little over two weeks, like maybe two weeks and three days since I've seen it. It feels like an eternity. Like so, yeah. so much has happened since I last saw this movie. I had to kind of think deeply about what is the way back? How did I feel <laughs> about the way back? You had to find your way back to the way back. Exactly. And it, it isn't that uncommon that we record two weeks after I see a movie. Like, that has definitely happened before. But yeah. it is uncommon that the whole world explodes in between me watching the movie and us recording. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think the last few episodes that we saw... Oh, yeah, it must have been more than two weeks. Because I think the last few episodes we saw, or the last few things we recorded, we were already recording later than those had come out because of work travels and things like that. Um, yeah. But I'm um, thankful for the listeners. Uh, there is no more work travel. <laughs> so, yep. so we're just here to talk about whatever becomes available um, for us. Uh, we, are, we are fortunate enough to work for a company that allows us to work from home. Um, so we are, we are set in that way. Um, and we're also fortunate enough that uh, this podcast is just a passion project. This is not a way that we make money. So going to the theater is not a thing that we rely on um but we we like that people listen and we like watching stuff so we're going to continue to try to watch things 
the sound quality may be different as we are in not the studio that we usually record in. There may be the occasional dog barking from neighbors. There may be the occasional slam from people shutting windows. Um, yeah, you you may at this very moment hear a dishwasher running and or my girlfriend in the shower. I'm not positive. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I happen to live next to a fire station. So in the event of emergencies, you might get a little uh, ring of that. But I mean, we're, we're going to do our best to try to keep things going uh, the way they are, always have. And, uh, you know, if you guys are watching stuff at home um, that we haven't done reviews for, feel free to send an email to fans at the spoilerwarning.com. And, uh, you know, if there's a new release that we didn't catch, uh, we all we have is time. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, we are at your mercy. <laughs> Basically, anything you want to hear about, yeah. we will watch. Yeah, we will that try. That was always true, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but now, it, like, generally, there would be major releases coming out every weekend, um, that there was only so many things that came out in theaters. So it was easy to know which films we should be looking at. Now that things are like dropping on random VOD services, um, there may be things that we miss or don't know about. Um, so we are happy to hear from the listeners on things that they hope that we review. And uh, if we can, we'll try to prioritize those sort of things if we haven't already hit them. Yeah. So how have you been surviving coronavirus so far? You've been fully at home for one week now? Uh, yeah, so this is the start of the second week of being fully at home. Um, I think I had a few stray days the week before everything went into lockdown. Um, yeah, but it's just now it's, uh, it's going, it's, uh, I mean, I, I've, <laughs> I took home as much equipment from the office as I could to make sure that my setup was good. Um, so I at least have the comfort of being able to, to, you know, I'm not stuck at like the kitchen table or something. I, I got a nice um desk set up and everything um but uh yeah it is very strange to just not ever go outside <laughs> yeah now you at least occasionally go out like you you drive over to visit your girlfriend occasionally i literally have not gone outside <laughs> yeah yeah it it's starting to feel a little insane to me how long it's been since i've walked on a sidewalk <laughs> well you do you do have the balcony that you can go out on so you can you can get fresh air without having to leave your apartment yep. which is good yeah thank god for that yeah i have like a little and slot once every window. six days i remember that and i go outside <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to go out inside and see if you can see your shadow so you know if there's whatever more days of pandemic yep <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the way it works I got to tell you, it's been interesting getting back into the feel of the the minor Skype delay and what that does to our ability to banter back and forth. Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll slip into it, but it, this is reminding me of the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is much harder to have that quick ability. I mean, we are we do have a video feed going so we can see each other, but even the video is delayed. So you can't really like yep. do the lean forward like, I'm going to say something. Um, it might be just a, a half second off, but... But we're we're making do. Um, it is like the good old days. It's like the mm -hmm. way back. Yeah, I mean this this podcast was primarily recorded over Skype for the better part of I don't even know how many years. Like all of us over Skype for a while, but then at least one of the three of us over Skype for many years in between too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a good we had a good spread across California. Where I was in San Diego, Carson was in L.A., and you were up here in the Bay Area. So it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we're, 
we're, we're doing it like the old days. And, and so is everyone else. I mean, there are a lot of podcasts out there who already have remote folks, but um, it is funny Did to see. Did you see that picture of, of Ira Glass recording this yes. week in his closet? That was She's pretty great. In a full suit and barefoot. <laughs> I feel like the suit and barefoot might have been staged, but uh I don't know. I I admire just anyone who can muster up that kind of energy when they're working from home. You admire? I, yeah, I admire glass energy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephen. Well, what do you say we get into our review of the way back? Let's do it. All right, we are going to take a listen to the trailer for the way back and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. You know what my dad told me last night? He said that you got a full ride to Kansas. You just quit. Why? My father didn't like me very much. And someone told him I was good at basketball. And he paid a lot more attention to me. And I realized it wasn't me that he loved. It was what I could do. I spent a lot of time hurting myself, trying to hurt my father. I never picked up a basketball again. I need a new coach, Jack. You're the first person I thought of. Is the team any good? No. <laughs> In fact, the last time they made the playoffs, back when you were playing. It's the whole team, 10 kids. You wanna know why they're leaving you open? It's because they don't think you could hit the ocean from the beach. Oh, snap. Heard you're coaching basketball. Keeps my mind off other things. Understand you're trying to motivate the team, but we have a code of conduct. Oh, bullshit! I'm working on it. Work harder. I got a feeling this team is not as bad as its record. We have to trust each other. We have to have faith. I just want you to be happy again. But you kind of want it too. Don't underestimate the impact you can have on them. You got this. No, don't just nod. I want to hear your voice. Yes or no? Yes, coach. Nervous. I get it. Truth is, they're more talented than you. Probably got a better coach. But I promise you, they are not a better team. Because they haven't been through what we've been through. They don't know adversity. They don't know what it's like to get knocked down to have to get back up again. They don't know what it is to fight. We can't change the past, Jack. What we can do is choose how we move forward. All right, so that was the trailer for The Way Back. It is about a, uh, a man who is sort of, uh, you know, going through a little slump in his life and, uh, you know, dealing with problems with alcoholism and stuff. And he is sort of just kind of going about his days, drinking heavily and kind of not really caring about the world. And uh, he has an opportunity to come back and coach the basketball team at the school that he went to when he was in high school. And uh, maybe over the course of uh, working with these kids, he might learn to be a better person and uh, maybe find his way back from the slump that he's been in. Stephen Miller, what did you think of The Way Back? Uh, so, Chris, the other week I saw a movie starring an Affleck brother who, after tragedy, upends his happy life in marriage, and he spirals into loneliness, alcoholism, and no shortage of anger issues. Right when he thinks he's at the end of his rope, he's act to, asked to act as like a mentor or a father figure for a high schooler, and that empowers him to care about his life again. Uh, 
but enough about Manchester by the sea. Yeah. Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> We're here to talk about the way back. Um, I, I, I fumbled, fumbled the execution a little bit, but you feel me. It wasn't yeah, a no, perfect I, switch. I, I got it. Yeah, yeah. You dribbled, dri- <laughs> you traveled a little bit, but you arrived I, at the I dribbled, but then I, I wiped up my mouth and kept going. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mentioned before that this movie is a little hard to review now just because so much has happened since the time I saw it in theaters and now. Um, so I'm mostly channeling my memory of how I felt leaving the theater. Um, and I thought this was a good movie, not a fantastic movie, but a good movie. Um I thought it felt very realistic in its portrayal of alcoholism and how it feels to kind of have your life be hollowed out and you are numbing the pain and it isn't in a like melodramatic crying every night getting trashed type of lifestyle. It's more just when it becomes a routine, when sharing fun stories and living in the past becomes easier than living in the present. Um, I think Affleck does a really, really good job of that. You can tell that this is coming from a personal place just in terms of how how well he expresses that kind of glossy awkward sort of vibe where the guy is being fun and affable but you can just tell something is wrong inside like you can tell that his charisma is hiding some inner pain um for most of the movie he plays this pretty much as ben affleck as the likable guy who is a little bit gruff and you can tell there's something more hiding within him, but he mostly isn't letting go of it. And that means when he does finally break, uh, there's a couple scenes in particular that are kind of the equivalent here of the Manchester by the Sea conversation <laughs> scene that we talk about all the time. Um, I think it's really, really powerful because he doesn't overuse that hand. Like he, he lets us wait enough. So when there are the big emotional lows, we feel it. Um, I liked, I think it had a nice redemption arc that isn't, Again, too heavy. It doesn't give you too much of the good stuff, but just enough for it to technically qualify as a feel-good movie. Um, and yeah, the best compliment I can give is it made me care about sports, which is always a challenge <laughs> for anybody to do. Um, yeah, I, I like the cast in it a lot. I liked uh, Al Madrigal. I had been trying to place for a while who the guy that was his assistant coach was, uh, the Daily Show correspondent. Um, oh. <laughs> he does a really good job as being like a... <laughs> you recognize him now? <laughs> So he does a really good job of being just like likable, knows that Ben Affleck's character is clearly an alcoholic, but is trying to help him and is also genuinely excited about having a winning team. Um, I liked seeing the American Vandal kid show up again as Marcus in this movie, a uh, basketball player. He's also the basketball player in season two of American Vandal. We will talk more about American Vandal people later <laughs> in this episode or in this recording session. Um and yeah, uh, Janina Gavankar, who plays his ex-wife, who I think was in Hotel Mumbai, too. I know I've seen her in a few things recently. Um, it was just a good supporting cast, good kind of muted drama. Obviously, if I compare it to something like Manchester, I think it still falls a little bit short. I think it is more obvious in the way that it tackles these emotions. It's clear from the trailer that this is going to be a somewhat feel-good sports movie, and I think this definitely goes for a few of the more direct emotions. Uh, I would have been happier if I saw a little bit more about Ben Affleck's life and his past. Maybe not have me be shown it directly, but at least have a surrogate like Lucas Hedges is in Manchester by the Sea, where I can like have more of his life dumped out because he's getting to know someone really well. I feel like this movie doesn't give us as many access points into him, so it's a little bit harder to 
feel all the depth of that character. But overall, I was into it. I thought it was a, a good, charming movie that had enough tearful moments and then enough basketball to make it seem like <laughs> not totally depressing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think my overall verdict is, or my overall feelings in the film is is sort of like you, where it's like this was this was a fine movie. It was a an interesting feel good take. I think you know over the years we have we have either reviewed or discussed um, inside the podcast and outside the podcast various films that deal with alcoholism. And I think in probably every single case, I find it a little bit harder than you to vibe with the presentation that it's going for. Um, I I mean, I'm that's, that's 100% a me thing. But I think that in... in Films were like this one where the character just drinks a case of beer over the course of a montage and then is trashed. I, that doesn't, it's not that it doesn't feel real because obviously that's a thing like everyone listening and everyone here have known people who would do that in a given the situation. But for some reason in films, it kind of strikes me as melodramatic just from the standpoint of like, the act is the entire thing they're doing. It's not, mm. they're not, it's, it's like, it's, it's not commenting on, like, as I watched it, people in my audience, every time he would like reach into the fridge and open another beer, they're like, oh, oh, oh. And it's like, it's just, just seeing that act of doing it feels like narrative shorthand. And I don't see the struggle in the character. He's just doing his routine, which is drink in the shower, drink while he drives, drink, at the bar drink when he gets home like the, it, yeah we call that a san diego tuesday <laughs> but it, it, it's something about that on screen never really hits me that hard and it makes me kind of um it just it just makes me check out a little bit and it's not mm. it's not that i don't see it as authentic it's just in the filmic language i never really vibe with it so as the film started with these montages it kind of it it I I was put off a little bit, if I'm honest, by it, just because I was like, eh, I don't really, you're not making me feel it. But I think what this film does to its credit, like, so obviously, when the trailer first came out, I was like, I know everything this movie's going to do. This is this movie. There's a million movies like it. It's always the same story. Who cares? But I think that the filmmakers, by splitting up the backstory and having no one actually say anything you just see the backstory through those characters' interactions with other characters. I I thought that was a really, really clever way to slowly, bit by bit, reveal what these situations are. Because you know he's an alcoholic, but you don't know whether he's an alcoholic because of the fall apart of his relationship or if the relationship fell apart because of it. You don't know why he became that. And like this film slowly doles out over time these little emotional beats that connect you to other characters going through similar things or unsimilar things. And it really just kind of, I, I felt those mo- moments were really, really nice and touching because you, you get the real life experience of finding out about somebody like in real life. If you uh, have somebody that you're close to most of the time, you're not just like, 
sitting there and then you find out, oh, that person's alcoholic because the character goes like, you know, that person's alcoholic. You like start to see signs and then somebody brings up something sometime. And it's like, you don't get this whole backstory of who this person is. You just get these little moments. And I thought that the way that the filmmakers chose to just divvy out these bits of information elevated this from just being the normal story to being a journey that you go on as the audience because you make assumptions about who this person was and then those assumptions get challenged as time goes on and it allows you to feel for this character more than another story where you're just like oh like the movie flight for instance right (laughs) like yeah you're like he's never a redeemable character right like his 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 uh, redeeming value is that he landed a plane without killing everybody, right? But he's still an asshole, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, but I, I don't know. I I feel like I feel like you are able to side with this character more in this story because you see where he's been by watching where he's going instead of just getting flashbacks to something that makes you feel sad or whatever. So yeah. So I I think I like that aspect of it. The sports stuff. I'm going to be honest, didn't really care. Um, sports don't really hit me that well, but I think I still enjoyed the relationships between this coach and these characters. Like, I would have liked a little bit more of a money ball situation where I know why they're suddenly getting good at basketball instead of just like, they suck. Oh, look, they only lost by two points. Oh, look, now they only lo- they won by two points. Oh, now they won yeah, by four points. where was Bates Silver in this movie? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I feel similarly. I think the, the basketball stuff hit me a little harder, probably. I do think the team got, quote, good a little too quickly. Um, I didn't really get to feel the progression. It kind of felt like a almost a binary turn where it went from they're doing badly to boom, now all of a sudden they're winning. Yeah. Um, but I did, I liked the portrayal of the active coaching and the way it's about motivating teammates and finding their strengths. And I think I like the interplay where he is teaching basketball at a Catholic school and he is a brash, you know, he's an alcoholic and he's an avid basketball player and sports fan, which means he curses like a sailor. He gets very angry. He berates the kids. You know, he does all these different things that he thinks are the most helpful way to teach a team to succeed. And I thought it was... I liked the dynamic between him on the one extreme and then like the, the priest or chaplain, whatever you call the, the uh, church E character who is also with the team <laughs> who wants yeah, yeah. them to, you know, use clean language and be uplifting and pray before the games. And then an Al Madrigal's character somewhat in between. Like I, I thought that was fun. I liked that kind of in the way that a movie like remember the Titans, I didn't care about football, but the way the coaches interact with each other like I found that charming, especially in the montages of them starting to win. Like I, I had fun with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think the, the meat of this movie is, to me, and I don't want to spoil anything. And this probably doesn't have to be a spoiler movie either. Um, but to me, it's not even the alcoholism. It is the the why behind the alcoholism. And as you said, the, the slow reveal of that. Um, yeah, I, I was comparing this again to Manchester by the Sea, and Manchester by the Sea, to this film's credit, does give you the like direct flashback of here are the events we're talking about. <laughs> Boy, does it! Oh yeah, this movie <laughs> does a really nice job of like 
looking at it in the periphery. Uh, in particular, there's a scene where he goes to uh, a birthday party with a bunch of mutual friends of him and his wife that I oh, thought yeah. was just that, like... That was amazing. Perfectly done. Like, you, you get so much about who he used to be and how this, like, charm and charisma used to operate, and it tells you so much about what happened in his own life and how he and his wife are feeling. It just... So good. So good. I, I wish I could have had more of those moments One of the I things think they too really that were like the highlight of the movie. About that scene, and I don't, don't even remember if at the time it makes sense, if it makes sense to me or if it was just a few moments later or a later scene, but completely out of context, the the father of the birthday boy is being an asshole in describing what he describes. But yeah. given the context of the community that everybody is part of, it's completely fine and probably regular to speak about things nonchalantly like that. Um, so I, I, like there, there's an interesting thing there too, of just the way it, the way it sets you in a place within a group, a tight knit community, as opposed to just being like some person who has no tact. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it, it it really just transports you there. Um, yeah, I, I I thought it was great. And of course, there's other maybe harder hitting moments too that tie him back to his old life again in ways that really, really worked for me. And the thing is, I, I feel like I wanted more of them, but then I think maybe it only hits that hard because the movie is sparing in what it gives you. So that, that's why I'm a little conflicted here. I think it, it was right to make that only be kind of lurking in the background but then in hindsight, I think the yeah, best yeah. parts of the movie come from that backstory. But I, I did think just the depiction of alcoholism, as, as you mentioned, I think in general, I just resonate a little bit more with those stories. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I've never been an alcoholic. I just find it, I don't know. I, I find it easy to relate to. <laughs> think whatever you want from that. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the little thing in, in particular that um, make me know that this is coming from a real place for Ben Affleck is the routine like the way he shows a routine so those montages normally in a movie that is just signaling that a person is an alcoholic you would see them chugging from a bottle of jack daniels right or you would just see like a bunch of empty beer cans everywhere with him it's he has this specific ritual of one can is in the freezer so it'll get extra cold the others are in the fridge and every time he grabs one from the freezer he like pulls it out, he puts the one from the fridge into the freezer, then he, like, flicks the tab of the frozen one. Like, yeah. he does this little, like, shake with his hands and a noise, and it just... You you get this whole routine of life that I feel like that has to be true, <laughs> because it's just yeah, yeah, way no, too specific I, 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 I to get be that too, else. and I, I... I like those little touches in it. I think that there's other things that, that have the opposite effect for me. For So, for instance, if you... Like once again, I am not an alcoholic, but I've talked to people who, um, you know, have have worked for places where they're dealing with alcoholics all the time, and they they like what I've been told, and I'm just repeating stuff that I've been told is that if you 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 take a heroin addict and you lock them up, and you take an alcoholic and you lock them up, and you come back like a few days later, the heroin addict is hating life but is fine, and the alcoholic's dead, like. You can't just like if you're if you drink that much mm -hmm. alcohol, you can't just quit it cold turkey 
and be fine. Like your system gets super fucked and like you're in a lot of trouble. And there are definitely scenes in this or portions of this film where he's just not drinking for whatever reason. Right. (laughs) So, so it feels like his ability to suddenly just stop drinking when it's convenient for the scenes that the film wants to show are, are things that take me out of the story. Um, because it, it seems like he's not even tempted by alcohol most of the time. He just drinks it because it's the routine, right? Um, I don't know. So something about that felt weird to me. Yeah, I I agree with that. To me, it wasn't even weird, though. It just felt like a take on alcoholism I hadn't seen before. Because it, it, it's true. he You don't get those moments, really, of him, like, staring longingly at a, like, bottle of vodka or at a beer or something you don't get that sense that there's this yeah. demon that he's fighting right you you get much more of the sense that this is a choice to numb himself right and it's about healing the root yeah, yeah. cause rather than healing the symptom and I, I again i have no direct experience so maybe it's true that just not everyone who drinks that much is physically dependent on it so much as emotionally. I'm not sure. Maybe there are different flavors for different people and guys who start in triple frontier just <laughs> can tolerate it. If you're, if you're, if you're that jacked, <laughs> you can just quit cold turkey. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to me, I actually like that because I was not, I was kind of dreading the movie where he quits and it shows a montage of him getting sober. And then we see him like, itching for a drink and we see him like fighting temptation and stuff like that i didn't want like yeah, the yeah. the aa movie you know and and i think this instead becomes a movie about grief and trauma and the things you do to numb yourself to it and what it feels like to like to me alcoholism is just another form of depression that he has right it's a thing you do to not have to have the will to live you don't need to have positive drive you don't need to have feelings or desires you can just be right and so for me this movie is way more about him climbing out of depression and that depression just happens (laughs) to involve liquid you know but it yeah that's kind of the way that i read it at least i have to ask did you cry during this movie uh (laughs) you know what's funny is um (laughs) there is um uh, so I said, so there are moments that I got, I got a little teary eyed. Um, but one of the moments after I've like stated multiple times that I, that I don't care about sports is like one, one buzzer beater that happens like in the middle of the film. Mm-hmm. And like, for no reason I got teary eyed. I was like, what, what, yeah. <laughs> what is happening? So right did now? I. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like that it's, this isn't a spoiler because that's nothing is reliant on that moment. <laughs> It's just a personal moment for like one of the people. Right. And I was kind of like, what, what is happening right now? I don't, I don't understand this. I don't care about basketball. And this one, this one throw just made me, made me a little bit teary eyed. Yeah. It it worked for me too. It's <laughs> kind of like uncut gems where it, it managed to make it. So I felt the emotional connection of a game of basketball and in particular, yeah, I, I know the exact scene you mean because I also got teary eyed watching it. And it, I don't know, I'm I'm a sucker for these like male bonding movies, maybe because I don't really male bond in that way as much. So I, I feel like <laughs> when I see it, I'm like, oh, I can imagine what 
what it'd be like to need that, you know? (laughs) Steven, no one, any kinds of bonds anymore. Social distancing. Right. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. You just know for a guy like that, how much it means to have a team winning games or doing well. And yeah, yeah. yeah, it, it, it just works. Cool. Any any last thoughts before we move on to verdicts? Nope. No, I think that's it. Cool. All right. Well, we are going to get to our verdict for The Way Back. Stephen Miller, if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I'm giving it a recommend with a caveat. I think this is very good at what it sets out to do. If you watch the trailer, not only are you getting the movie the trailer tells you, but I think you are getting a better movie than what the trailer tells you. It has emotional tricks up its sleeve and it is willing to withhold things that your typical kind of hallmark feel-good movie wouldn't do and i think that is to its immense credit uh the caveat just being this this is not the kind of movie that is as devastatingly memorable as some other movies in this genre um (laughs) it's the kind of thing that i i really enjoyed watching i found it moving i think it's a great vehicle for ben affleck but it just it didn't have that stick factor. And I know because it's two weeks later and I've been having trouble conjuring up many details from it. So <laughs> take what you will. A t- totally good movie, you know, well done by Gavin O'Connor. Solid, solid all around, just not transcendent in any way. Yeah, I think that the story this film is telling is probably a wait for rental, but the way this story goes about telling it elevates it to a recommended with the caveat. Um, I I definitely went in no like knowing inside exactly everything this film was going to do and then as you said like just the little narrative tricks that it had and the way it slowly dulls out the story um kind of made me walk away with it going like eh, that wasn't half bad <laughs> so so I I I give it the achievement of being elevated to recommend the caveat um caveat being that it is a story that we've seen in many a time um and uh yeah so there you have it well that is going to do it for this review of the way back Stephen miller if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that uh well i'm not going anywhere (laughs) (laughs) people can find me on twitter.com slash s david miller or s david miller.com People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Way Back, so hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, I do I do enjoy that song in the trailer. It, it yep. definitely makes me feel all the feels as I rewatch it. Yeah, good sports um, song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is this review. We are going to take off and we are going to bring you a review of Big Time Adolescence, which is currently streaming on Hulu. Bye.